Welcome to the This Makes Me Uncomfortable podcast, where we discuss all things that make us uncomfortable. I'm your co-host, Allura. And I'm your other co-host, Jade. And on today's episode, we are in March Madness mode, as we welcome a very triggering guest, Coach Kaylee ross to explain to us sports. Why? Yes, and um, Coach Kaylee is very much like the little man who's in the Shell Silverstein book, the one with the toppling tower of hats, because he plays so many different roles. So he is an athlete of doing too much and none of it very well. So first, he's a musician. <laughs> he plays lots of instruments that I don't even recognize. Just banging around on things, making sounds. He's also a teacher and founder and, oh, straighten your tie, executive director of Kainga Music. Um, he is a shameless whore of a promoter. So Kainga is spelled K-A-I-N-G-A if you'd like to search it on social media. He also does not run. So he will reap the rewards without doing any of the work. And he um, is also a wonderful counselor and mentor and uncle slash father slash cousin slash incestuous role model for <laughs> Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander students. Um, and as you can see from this intro, the theme of this episode with sports in mind is that Kaylee cannot win. So without further ado... <laughs> Kaylee, say hi to our beloved listeners. Oh my gosh, that is the best intro ever. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Uh, yeah, let's talk about sports. Yes. Well, before we get to that, we want to um, do some little, you know, conversation starters. We like to lubricate here on yes. this uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> Because because narcissism is very uncomfortable. We always like to bring it back to us. So yeah. what would you like to share about how you met me and Allura and, you know, our origin story, this little triangulation of terror? Uh, well, I, had a, uh, I, I met Jay first, if we go in chronological order. Um, actually... I believe officially, I remember I was doing a rugby little uh, workshop for some uh, faculty and staff at a college. And um, that's where I saw Jade's uh, athletic skills on the field. Oh, my should've, God. You should have followed that, Jade. Yeah. That. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, later on, we started working together with the, uh, the mono program. And um, uh, so that's how I met Jade. And we have become like co-parents of uh, all these students that we work with. And it's been awesome. That's my origin story with Jade, very briefly. 
um, with the Laura. Um, well, uh, she, I didn't get, really get to know her that well until COVID times, actually. Um, and so we, I probably spent the most Zoom time logged in a lot of hours with, and it was uh, terrible. with Laura on, <laughs> on a lot of, uh, <laughs> stuff working with, with, uh, Mana and, um, but we got to know each other very well through the many hours we logged in on Zoom. Um, so yeah, that's a very brief. Okay. Story. And. And we just want to be very clear because I know that we have tons of lawyers in our listening audience, (laughs) but none of our opinions or anything we discuss or share on this podcast has any relationship to the aforementioned college. So we have severed our ties, baby, in this podcast (laughs) and are freewheeling. So whenever Kaylee mentions a college, just ignore it. As we do with most of what Kaylee says. So. <laughs> yeah, so um, we call you coach, Kaylee, because that's a big part of what you do. So if yeah. Allura and I were on your rugby team, what would be the advice that you give us to like really help us <laughs> be our best? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's uh, the well. I coach. Uh, I I ask for three things for from all of my players. Um, just give a hundred percent. So just try your best. Gross. Uh, <laughs> respect, respect yourself for showing up. Respect me. Wow. I give respect to you <laughs> and all of that. And then last, the part is staying positive. So it's oh, easy to get frustrated yeah, and, uh, try and stay positive and get through the frustrations in a positive way. So those are, that's the basis. But for you two specifically, um, I would, I would suggest, um, uh, not suggest, I would tell you both uh, with rugby as a sport, there's a position for every body type and athletic ability. Oh, come on. (laughs) Mr. Positivity starts off the show with body shaming. Oh, my my God. There we go with his toxic positivity starting early. Everybody's a snowflake. Everybody has a position. You look like a baby giraffe, Jade. You can play over here. It's true, though. It's true. It's the only sport that that can do that. And everyone gets to touch the ball and run with the ball. It's not like in American football where, you know, if you're a bigger person, you don't ever get to touch the ball. Hey, I've touched enough balls in my life. I don't need any more action that way. So you need to rethink your coaching strategies. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's a that's what I would suggest to you too if you were on the rugby team. So anyway, um, we're all about making people comfortable and confident, you know, as a coach. But this show is really about getting uncomfortable. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, Allura, has there been anything making you uncomfortable lately or someone that you've made uncomfortable that you'd like to share? Um, Always. Um, (laughs) um, When Kaylee hugs me a little too... um, (laughs) Long, which is always, which is always. 
Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, what do you think it is that makes you feel uncomfortable during hugs, Alora? Um, I guess it's the um, intimacy that I just try to revolt um, and avoid um, at any cost. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee just pierces through that for some reason, and I allow him. And so that just makes me contemplate life. And um, yeah, it, it's just an uncomfortable feeling in action. Okay, so for those who are listening, um, those two people out there that we've taken to listen, <laughs> If they encounter one of us or someone else in the world who is equally, uh, what are we, avoiding attachment styles? Yes, Um, we're actually, what was it? It was like, it was like the fuck you attachment style. Very much so. It was like the (laughs) most rarest and um, the most difficult to get away from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're truly, you know, to solve. What was it? It was fearful avoidant. Fearful avoidant. Okay, so if you encounter fearful avoidance like us in the wild, and Mm -hmm. it is clear that they get stricken with rictus every time you try (laughs) to touch them, what advice would you give to those loving, healthy people like Kaylee who just want a hug and want to release some endorphins or get a dopamine? I'd spray them with water. (laughs) (laughs) But what do you, what should they do? Like, how would you advise Kaylee to to deal with us <laughs> with the hugs? Well, I think Kaylee's just immune to us oh, now yeah. because he just hugs us anytime and just <laughs> goes for it. He's unfearful in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say this is like a Me Too movement thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Does love like fall under that umbrella? I think so. Um, <laughs> I feel very me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think that uh, since we've known Kaylee, I've been getting used to hugging people more mm-hmm. because yeah, we hug That's people nice. in our community more now. So I'm realizing that this is something that normals do and that <laughs> I guess one of my strengths is assimilating because I hate myself so much. Yeah. So I'm trying to so thanks Kaylee for that. Okay, so Kaylee, get your brain rolling on what's making you uncomfortable while I go because I know mm-hmm. you won't be listening to me anyway. Um no. so I was thinking about sports and that whole realm and what makes me uncomfortable there, which is a lot a lot of things. Starting from when I was in kindergarten and we played that stupid game, sock ball, where you hit the red ball with your fists and then you run around the bases as if it's baseball, that we did that in kindergarten and my kindergarten teacher openly mocked me the whole time, like publicly Ugh. humiliating me to the club, No, was making fun of the way that I ran and that my belly was fat. And then that turned into like, oh, I'm so poor that I don't have shoes that fit and my mom <laughs> never contributes to the PTA or whatever. Like it just, it was this roast as I'm struggling to run the bases because my knees keep knocking together and I'm totally uncoordinated. So my relationship with sports and athletics started off on a bad foot. 
quite literally because I'm pigeon-toed and all that. Um, but I was thinking something that makes me super uncomfortable is the consumptions of nuts and seeds. <laughs> <laughs> So my dad is a huge baseball fan. And so most of my sports going experiences have been at the baseball stadium. So there you have peanuts in the shell and you have sunflower seeds. Mm. And I was thinking about this the other night because I am crippled, (laughs) paralyzed. (laughs) And, but also at the same time, furiously always running in heart and mind by anxiety. So (laughs) I can't sleep at night. I can't do anything functional, but my heart and my mind and my whole nervous system is just racing. You can call it hypervigilance, whatever fuck therapy word you want to throw at it. I'm just telling you that one thing that I've been trying to do besides like literally carve myself into pieces and put myself in a donut box and send it to all my relatives is to eat sunflower seeds because it gives me something to do while my mind is Mm. going in a million directions. And I realized how disgusted I am at the act of eating sunflower seeds just by myself on my couch in the middle of the night with just my dogs to look at me. (laughs) Now extrapolate that shit to (laughs) you're in a stadium of 50,000 people and you are putting things in your mouth Cracking them, probably not even getting the seed because it's impossible. Spitting it back into your hand or onto the ground or into the back or into like an empty beer bottle or like a Coke cup or whatever you have at the baseball stadium. And then just leaving that around for your fellow human beings to reckon with, to witness, to be changed by. This is the atrocity of public sports, people. America, we have a problem. (laughs) All of our great international listeners, I know there's thousands of them. I don't know what you're doing over there, but please tell me you're not spitting sunflower seed shells everywhere for some, like, poor retired person to clean up after you. I think that's the thing that I hate. I I hate it when people act like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I want to do because someone else will clean up after me. That is a mentality that disgusts me. All right, Kaylee. So what's making you uncomfortable? (laughs) That was the best rant. (laughs) That was really good. And number one, I just want to say, Jay, that that's a bummer that kindergarten teacher did that because that that happens not that happens to a numerous amount of kids with with sports. You know, you just get your first experience being a negative experience, and then they're like, okay, this is not for me, which is yeah, which is which is a bummer. And so. on a serious note, and I'm sure you see yeah. this as a coach, but like I feel like if I had had sports growing up. It would have kept me out of a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. uh, Like mental health problems and physical problems. So I really wish I'd had it. I mean, on top of Mrs. Spinelli, and I hope all of her children and grandchildren are listening and I would sit on her grave wherever she's rotting right now. Um, So this is the ancestor you come from. 
But I also <laughs> grew up in a house where the mentality was like, we fled war. So why do you yeah. want me to pay my hard earned money right now for you to chase a little ball around a field? So it was really like yeah. sports were prohibited for me. Um, but I really wish I'd had it. I think that I I could have enjoyed it and it probably would have been life changing. I probably would have been like a well adjusted person if I had played volleyball. Oh, imagine that. That's crazy. <laughs> that would be weird. I wouldn't be friends with you at all, Alara. No. <laughs> it would be like, this positive, like really toned. Person. I can barely stand Kaylee as it is. <laughs> <laughs> what sport what sport would you you know, if you did play sports, would you have liked to try to play? Well, I remember from PE in high school, I really liked volleyball. And I think I liked it because I was good at it. Like it was nice. one time in PE where I would get up to serve and everyone was like, oh, back up. Oh. Like she's good. And I was like, yeah, motherfuckers, finally <laughs> recognize I have some kind of skill or talent. <laughs> but yeah, so nice. probably volleyball. Volleyball is fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so uh, what makes me uncomfortable? Well, number one thing that makes me uncomfortable in life is um, uh, conflict. <laughs> no, not you. So <laughs> No, just uh, any anytime there's like conflict, I just, I freeze up. I just try to like be peacemaker, make a comment, especially if it's like, I, you know, I pretty much like everybody that I meet, you know, and so if everyone yeah. is, um, you know, pe two people that I really, you know, like, and then if they're like having a little budding head situation in front of me, that's, that makes me uh, uncomfortable. Um, okay, but so uh, what is the silliest argument that you have inserted yourself into to try and impose peace? Oh, I don't know about if it's silly. It's just the silly part is changing the subject ASAP. <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> That's all. I don't know. Like, it has nothing to relate. It's just, I don't even remember. I just try and be like, ah, oh, let's talk about this instead. You're like, you know, hey, guys, forget about abortion. What do you think about nachos? <laughs> <laughs> no, this literally happened. We were at a conference and we brought students with us to one of these like sessions and it was just the most ridiculous thing they all took like 10-15 minutes just to introduce themselves and so our students are just like is this really like happening like what I thought we were supposed to talk about climate change and being you know how to combat it together and instead they were all talking about like oh i just got promoted to this and this is my like extremely long unnecessary title for work and this is my research and so we were all just roasting these people in our group chat and kaylee just says you know he's been silent this whole time but then he just like texts us so like what do you want to do for dinner you know and we're I remember just that we just immediately, I text Jade, like, separately, and we're like, can we kick him out of the group chat? Like, <laughs> He's, like, sending us sushi menus. He's like, what Yeah, are and so then I was like, really get out of here with your toxic positivity. So that's where the origin of that saying comes from. 
Um, because he really does. I've seen it in action. He just completely yeah. just changes so, the subject. Yeah, I guess uh, you know that that's definitely what makes me feel uncomfortable is when people are getting frustrated and stuff, and it's uncontrollable. And so I try and like, you know, send uh, <laughs> a little uh, distraction. Be like, oh, look at this! Look at this! So, it didn't work, by the way. I know. You I definitely spend know how to do a work. lot of time with dogs. You're like squeaky toy over here, over here, <laughs> yes. over here. Over here. <laughs> yeah. I so. um. Well, that's probably because you grew up in a house where people love each other and mm-hmm. express yes. things and are peaceful. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it definitely comes from that. Um, another thing that, um, uh, maybe not make me uncomfortable, but that gets me riled up is when people, well, related to sports, um, especially with um, rugby. I'm uh, in the rugby community. Is um, I I we want rugby to grow in the U.S., right? And there's a lot of different opinions and everyone says they're in it for the growth of rugby and what it does for the youth and all of that stuff. And then when it really comes down to it, it's not really, it's it's about wins and losses to a lot of people. And so I like to work with people that just, I know how to work with people that just that's their number one goal and just tell me, don't tell me that you're doing it for the good, you know, the good of sports. When it comes down to making a tough decision, they revert to, well, how is it going to help my team? Not like, how is it going to help rugby in general? And so that, that gets me riled up. And sometimes I lose sleep about it because I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And then, especially people are in the higher positions than I am in the community world, the rugby community world. Um, so I, I always say rugby is great. It's kind of like a, they're similar to Democrats. They always shoot themselves in the foot and stuff. So that, 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 you know, makes me um, be a, I don't know, that frustrates me a lot. And so anyways. Wow. This got political real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What is one thing about rugby, whether the game or the larger community, um, Mm -hmm. as you're saying, Kaylee, that you would want listeners to know? It's the most inclusive sport in in the world. I've played many sports and the rugby culture is what attracted me. Um, My husband was a rugby player as well, and our daughters are getting into it too. So because of that, his friends are former rugby players as well. And they said the same thing. It was very much like a gentleman's game, Uh, not to use an antiquated word, but that it was very respectful and um, collegial in that you would shake hands at the end of the game. and Yeah, there's a saying that says um, soccer is... um, a gentleman's game played by hooligans and rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen. That's like one of the sayings out there. Yeah. (laughs) We love a reversal. We like it. Um, So Kaylee, you mentioned that basketball is your favorite sport. This is airing in March during full fledged March madness. So, 
Allura and I, as non-athletes and definitely yeah. not coaches, we want to know what's the deal with sports? Like, why yeah. March Madness? What is it that we're missing? You don't understand March Madness? I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't okay. understand sports so in the general. Madness happens yeah, in March because... <laughs> oh, okay. That's good, everybody. We got it. We got it. <laughs> So, so it, it's it's college basketball in the U.S. and during uh, um, the playoffs, every every sport has their own different playoff uh, scenario. In uh, college basketball, it's you got like well now it's sixty eight teams, and you you have one loss, you're out. Um, so that's the tournament, and that is what happens in March Madness. And so you have 68 teams, you have favorites, underdogs, and a lot of underdogs end up winning. And so it's 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 madness because you you try and predict who's going to win, and it doesn't happen. And so that's that's the madness. There's so many games happening at the same time, and a lot of upsets are happening that it's madness. So, yeah. Question. Why do people Why do care? People care? <laughs> it's a bunch of underage men running around in not tight enough shorts. Like, why am I well, watching it's, this? Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, the work at the. Okay. Even if I'm yeah. not a gambling person, because I know yes. there's all brackets and all of that, but like, get us to the essence of why, like what mm-hmm. really gets your blood thrumming about these, these young men running around with the ball. So, <laughs> you just say yeah. young men again. <laughs> so, <laughs> young, yeah, as a, as a men. former basketball player where, you know, and uh, I was six foot at 12 years old and I was, I thought I was going to be six, six, Humble but I left. stopped at, tw- at six foot. Um, basketball, yeah. Oh, so you're a loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tonga, <How's> Tonga? <laughs> my brother is six two, six two and a half, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I bet that hurts <laughs> no, every Christmas. Not really? Mm-hmm. Who gets? I'm the afraid of heights too. Star on the tree. Oh, <laughs> because you're so short. So no, I mean it. It takes these to play at the Division One collegiate level. That's those are the top athletes in the country. Um, so it's and, and the work that they put into it, it's it's a job. Five days a week, all the practices, weightlifting, all of that stuff. And so you do all of that, and then it comes down to this one game when your season is going to be done or not in March madness. And then it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot being a player of how much work it, I mean, I never played at that level, but even at the high school level, I know what it takes for those athletes. They spend a lot of time on their craft. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, tons! That seems of like a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I get nervous just watching the games because um, I'm into it a lot. But uh, it's it's exciting for those underdogs to win, and yeah, it's and it's heartbreaking when this when it's um, 
seniors on the team and they know it it's their last game if they lose and you just see lots of heartbreak and stuff but um, i don't know it's fun to watch and it's madness seems like a bummer that for most of the players who don't continue on to the nba or what have you this is the most exciting time probably their for, life their, their, for their for their playing career most definitely yeah, there's a small percentage that moves on to a professional league, um, either in the U.S. or overseas. So, so you like watching people perform where their the rest of their life is going to be all downhill from no, there? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is that what you feel like when you talk to me and Alora? <laughs> This is actually a psychology podcast. No, no, no. It's, uh, I mean, hopefully they, you know, sport, the thing about sports is even at the professional level, except for the extreme people, like you're at 30, you're done. Like you're not, you're going to get worse, right? There's only a few of the cream of the crop that continue on. And those are the ultimate grades, but, um, a lot like that's I mean what are you going to do with life after 30 if you are able to play you know so hopefully they're figuring out what they're going to do not all of them they don't but um but I mean some of them they already know there's there's a lot of college players they know they're not going to play at the next level um and stuff so hopefully they have a backup plan I hope they got something out of college besides yes. basketball. Yes. So. Okay, so we had mentioned a little bit about the brackets. Um, one of the things Alara and I wanted to ask you about today is yeah. the betting part of sports and especially these yeah. fantasy sports leagues. Um, we want to know... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> like... What, why, what, what, and why, why is really our question with a lot of these things, but we want to know mm-hmm. if you bet, if you gamble, um, and what does it feel like if you do to be a stereotype? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, uh, I have some history of, uh, gambling on sports. Um, I like, I like gambling, uh, when I go to Vegas, I like, throwing the dice at the roulette table, you know, um, uh, no, at the craps table, oh, not the roulette table. sorry, it's been a while. It's a bit. <laughs> yes. Everybody's oh, going to laugh he's, at he's you. He's a fake gambler. <laughs> no, um, but, uh, on sports, um, the, I guess the why, by the way, I, I, uh, I don't gamble like, a lot of money. It's more of seeing it's the, um, yeah. Let's get Julie back in here and ask her. So, um, it's, it's the extra level of excitement when you're watching a game. And then it's the, uh, I think it's, it's when you ask the why it's probably like, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. And you get rewarded with it, with money kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's gambling. It's not like you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and most of the time you lose. So. You can't win. <laughs> yeah. 
so I think I think that's why people uh, casually gamble. The people that gamble, you know, they're professional gamblers. I, I don't I don't know. It's an easy way to make money and lose money. And then there's people that have gambling problems. So, um, but I think that's what. It is. <laughs> oh, you know my family? <laughs> so, so, but I think it's like the, uh, oh, I knew that was going to happen and I made some money on it kind of um, thing. Because uh, I've heard this before. It's like uh, gamblers, they always, uh, they never, sell, like bad gamblers, as in they have a problem. <laughs> is, uh, when they lose, they're like, man, I should have done this. And then they win. They say, oh, I should have done this to make even more money. They're never like, oh, yeah. So um, it can be, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. They're they're never like, happy. Oh, I should have parlayed that with gambler. this and made even more money um, kind of thing. So, yeah. But uh, the fantasy leagues is a kind of similar thing. Fantasy, well, fantasy football is the most popular. Um, so you draft a team of players uh, with a group of, I don't know, 10 people, 12, eight people. And in that draft, it's showing your knowledge that you're going to pick these players that are going to score enough points for you uh, throughout the season. So I, I think it's more of like, oh, I know more than other people kind of competition. I think that's where it comes down to. But it's just playing pretend. Uh, usually there's like, yeah, you could do pretend leagues or people throw in a pot of, you know, you can throw in a buy-in of 50 bucks and somebody manages it. And then whoever gets first, second, third gets money or something. That's what I do. I'm in a league of 50 bucks at the beginning of the season. And then if you win, you get like 500 bucks. So that's the fantasy football league that I'm currently in. <laughs> I have so many questions and so little. Because you don't care. At the same time. <laughs> but there's fantasy like everything now. There's fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, all of that oh, stuff. Nice. I just don't know what those. Uh, I, I haven't played those personally. So. Yeah, I have fantasy relationships. Allura, I know that you... Allura, you're a gambler of the heart, I know, and a feeling. Oh. But do you gamble? This is something I don't know about you yet. No, I actually hate gambling. Mm -hmm. Why? I just see no point in it. Mm -hmm. Maybe the that's why I just have no interest in the... Like, people have explained, like, the fantasy leaks to me, and I just... I've tried to um, ingest what they're saying to me and it's just impossible. I like tune out because it's just, you know, like I hate going to casinos. Mm -hmm. I hate like placing like small bets with like no money. Cause I'm just like, just tell me the answer. You tell know? me yeah. the answer. <laughs> I'll just like wait for the result. <laughs> oh shit. Tell me the answer. But, ooh, I do love a casino buffet, though. That's how you know you're getting your money's worth, is if you just spend that money at the buffet. Yeah, you know, the uh, buffets don't even do it for me. I just, I hate it. I hate all of it. Buffets are good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That was the most quiet, shame-filled statement ever on this podcast. <laughs> I think gambling for me, this potentiality and almost inevitability of loss is very triggering for me <laughs> as a poor kid. I don't, it makes me very anxious. And um, like I joked before, but seriously, like I have a lot of gambling addicts in my family and I've seen the havoc that it wreaks on people. So it just, it's hard to see it as fun when I see the tarnish of what happens when it's at an extreme level, you know, uh, which is thousands and thousands of dollars in. Um, but, you know. It made me stronger because everyone I knew was out gambling and I had to figure out how to feed myself. <laughs> well, so that's fun. Hey, can I go back on something you mentioned about? No. No. I forgot to mention something like a, a story about why rugby versus other sports. No, okay. no, 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 it's just, one. this is, you know, for the two of you, like, I think the big question is like, why sports, right? What, what, what it is. And, and I think at a lot of different levels, there's a lot of negative stuff that comes out of sports, like, especially overseas in the soccer fans. I mean, we've seen scenes of fires and all of that stuff and people. And, and, and so. I like in in the US I I this was what probably 5 years ago um so I'm I coach rugby and there's some of them that play high school football and so I went to go support them and it was like two high schools and I wanted I knew parents on both sides right so I went to one side during uh one half and then I just was trying to walk over to the other side for the other team and security was telling me I'm not allowed. I was like, well, how come I'm not allowed? It's like, you, you can't go back and forth. It's like, that is why. I know people on both sides. I want to say hi. And so it really made me sad to be like, how come I, that I'm here to support both teams, because I know players on both sides, how come I can't go say hi on both sides? I ended up finding my way on the other side so I can. But that that really, like showed me like and that's american football high school age right and if you're not and i know why they don't allow it because there's been violence they don't want fights and so when it comes to that level like that's where i think people take sports a little too serious where you're gonna fight about something right you could be in disagreement and stuff and so that's why i like rugby because the the two teams are on the same sideline that's like part of the, the regulations and, and everyone that's cheering is on the other sideline. And so, you know, and then like, so maybe I should have said this on my rant part, but uh, like um, just seeing parents get really too excited supporting their 10 year old, you know, <laughs> in a 10 year old regular season game. And they're just yelling at a referee and it's like, hold on here. This is not, there's not much money on the line in this game, like in the pro sports. 
And so I, th- I think that can create a bad experience for a lot of potential athletes, you know, and, and stuff. Yeah. It's like, what are you yeah. teaching your kids? About and, and it's, it's really them. About? They obviously the parents are missing something in their life that they need their kid to do well or their t- kids team to win. Right. And it's just that those are the sad parts. And so in rugby, for the most part that I've seen, it's 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 um, that's put in check for most of the part. Most of the time. obviously there's human beings that, you know, do that in rugby. But um, that's another reason why I like rugby. We're supposed to do that. And it's part of their rugby culture. But. In sports in general, that's that's the bad name that I don't like it because it sports does give supposed to give a safe space for some, uh, you know, the players and the community, and you're supposed to have fun. And it does teach when you do lose, like life can go on. Like that that is the easiest way to teach, especially youth. Like what do you do in a loss? And so that's why as a coach would. If a coach wins a lot and stuff, I'm like, that's great. But can you coach a team that has a losing season? Like, can you? And if you can, you're a good coach. You know, anyways. So that, I don't know why that was brought. I forgot to mention that in my thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, especially with kids at home and they're trying out various different sports to find their fit. Or trying to teach them, you know, you don't yeah. quit on a bad day because in sports, you're always going to have bad days. There's always going to be challenges. If you really think you want to quit this sport to try something else, you have to quit on a good day when everything went your way, when you got the win and really determine, you know, what what is the experience? Yeah. What are the values here that are not gelling with you? And it is a bummer when that divisiveness persists, especially for, oh. for kids' teams. I think it's ridiculous. I've been to some kids' soccer games recently, and whoa, it's just out of control the way people act and things are thrown out of perspective, and you just want to karate chop them to the throat when they're yelling at the ref yeah. or yelling at kids. Like, oh, my God, like, who are you? Come on. But because I think the most devastating thing about the division and the violence, as you mentioned, is that people get drawn to sports because yeah. they want to be part of something, like be part of a team. And even the fans, they just want to be part of something. And I remember because uh, my dad is mm-hmm. a lifelong Angels fan. He was a junior angel when the franchise started. And everybody knows that the Angels <laughs> are a loser ass team. But. You know, in 2001, we went to the World Series, and my dad and I were fortunate enough to go to some of the playoff games, not the World Series, but the playoff games leading up to it. And I swear, I was 19 at the time, so I wasn't allowed to legally drink, but I felt so Mm -hmm. drunk that whole playoff season Mm -hmm. because of just the sheer energy and love shared between fans just like hugging strangers and cheering and singing and dancing with everyone and just feeling like you're in something together. It was just almost like a spiritual experience to feel like you're part of something. And I think especially here, we're divided in so many ways and sports can give you that outlet to feel like you're unified with a a group of people for at least for a little bit. So it's too bad when it, goes back around no, no, the other definitely. way you know? so one of my favorite sports memories was um as a as a spectator 
2002, I uh, went to the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake with my dad. And we got to see the for the women's two-person uh, bobsled. Uh, it was the first time women's was, uh, what we call it, one of the categories or I forget what they did, one of the events. Uh, and we were at the finish line and the U.S. Um, was going last. You know, if they if they get the fastest, we win. They had a good chance. And it, like you said, Jay, we're we're cold. You know, we're we you're bunched up. We're at the finish line, and suddenly, you know, you accidentally bump into somebody because it's crowded, and everyone's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry." And when they crossed the finish line, and we all looked at the thing, and then they won the gold, and then everyone that you said sorry to, we're all hugging each other, going "USA," you know, and all of that mm. stuff. That, that feeling, it was, you know, we're like, oh, sorry, sorry about that. And then suddenly we're all hugging, high-fiving everybody that's near us because of that, that, that unifying feeling. And then, and then your team wins, you know, that you're cheering for. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So. That must have been a, a, a wet <laughs> yes. dream for you as a hugger. It was cold. It was definitely cold. <laughs> uh, you know, I love oh, that my cool running movie. movie, the Jamaican pop I love it. When he's like looking in the mirror and he's like, I'm a badass <laughs> motherfucker. From nobody. I say that to myself. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Allura is a huge fan of bobsledding as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just so fun. So Allura, you and I are, are not athletes. We're not involved with the sports world. Do you have no, any like embarrassing stories of physical education or having to play sports at certain times in your life or of working out even? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I absolutely hated middle school and high school PE. The running the mile like every week, I try to get out of it every single week. Oh yeah, you had your period happened. every week. <laughs> I, literally. I think I like sprained my thumb or something and I was like, oh, I can't run. Like my thumb's like sprained. Um weren't having it um and I was always the last one to finish mm-hmm. you know like I I sometimes like I would even actually try and I was still like the last and I'm like this is so embarrassing like, <laughs> I hate it here like we all know like who the miles for and it's for me because I'm never gonna I was always like finishing at 12 13 minutes you know like I just it was the worst. Um, I also hated when like students had to pick teams. I was always the last one to get picked for obvious reasons. You know, I was like the girl, like oh, a ball, just like shooting past me. Didn't even try to catch it. I actually moved out of the way <laughs> for others. Um, it was like I'm allergic to it. I just hated it. Um, <laughs> I no longer go to gyms um, because. Not like I went previously, but I did hold a membership for a while. Um, But I just hate (laughs) people just watching me, even though they're probably not, but, you know. They are. They are. They're just, I just hate all the things. So I work out at home, sure, in quotation marks. Um, I've just never, I hate it. Did you ever play on a team sport? (laughs) Yeah. Like when you were little, 
Kaylee, no, does I didn't it look know like I ever played on a team sport? Not accidentally. Like, maybe your mom signs you up for, like, a... No, so actually, this is really funny. She signed me okay. up for gymnastics this one year, and um, I... They, like, did this test. Like, I was, like, in it. I was terrible, by the way. Um, and, like, the people that were working there, like, did, like, came up and was like, oh, like, have everyone do, like, the, what is it? Where are you, like, like this? Somersault? What is that called? I don't know. Anyway, and I couldn't do it, obviously. Yeah. And so then they, like, moved me to, like, two grades below where I was. So I was with younger mm. kids because I wasn't able to do the cartwheel. That's what it was, a cartwheel. And I was terrible at it. That also was the same thing that happened to me. At, like they gave me swimming lessons. They held me back one year. And so I was like the oldest one in the <laughs> class and everyone made fun of me. So I don't like sports <laughs> or anything with physical activity for the most part because I was just always held back and I was always terrible mm. at them. But you're so hyper accomplished in everything else. You can just say <laughs> fuck sports. Yeah. Yeah, those were my embarrassing stories. Ugh, I, tried, I tried to do a swim test once when I was a kid because my dad works out at this huge club he actually lives there now it just has tennis courts and athletes from all over the world go there to train it's this huge sports complex so i tried to do a swim test to be like pool safe when i was a kid and i could never pass because they thought that my arms looked awkward going through the water so it wasn't just that my swimming ability it was just my body is (laughs) fucked up (laughs) so that's why I never try at anything because I will fail. But I agree with you, Allura, about gyms. Um, nobody was watching me, but I would watch people watch others. And it made mm-hmm. me so uncomfortable that I just couldn't get over it. I feel like I'm one of those people that I'm hypersensitive to everybody's facial expressions and mannerisms because I'm used <laughs> to being around volatile people. <laughs> so I'm like always reading for an eruption. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just became sensory overload to be at a gym. So I also work out at home and I use these videos, but then the videos annoy me because it's all of this, like, you know, how Kaylee talks about (laughs) positivity is like, oh, you're your best self and look at you. You're doing great. I'm like, you don't positive affirmations. Yeah. They don't know that shit. They're not watching me. This is a pre-recorded video. So don't feed me some horse shit about how I'm doing right. great because I'm struggling and sweating and it's you know this one time actually it's multiple times I do this all the time um I will turn on like a exercise video and I'll just do the warm-up and I'm like exhausted like I'm like just <laughs> <laughs> hyperventilating like heavy breathing terrible and I just like I'm like all right that was it and it was just the warm-up and it makes me feel really good about myself so then I just cry in the shower afterwards. As a toxic, positive person would say, hey, you did something today, Allura. Right. You know, I tried it's to just do like, it. really defeating when you like pull out like the whole like yoga mat and like <laughs> in your like little like workout outfit and then you do like six minutes and then you just have to roll the yoga mat up. 
It's oh. like the worst. It's like the 80s when people would get their aerobics outfit on and then smoke a cigarette and like drink a mimosa or something. I tried to do a dance video the other day and I think something in my brain snapped. Like something about the choreography and the coordination it required. I think I had like a mini stroke. Mm. Like the two hemispheres collided. (laughs) Thanks for laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to be a dance. It's not that I'm anti-sports. It's just that like I just don't get it. So like, you know, we work, we used to work, I used to work for the same program and it deals with our Pacific Islander community. Sports is such a huge mm-hmm. thing, you know? It's like their meal ticket, you know? And that's what our community is best known for, especially in, like, football mm-hmm. and, like, rugby is, like, being super famous NFL players. But it's so, like, crushing to our students who, like, especially in high school, like, that don't get a scholarship. So then there's like, they're so embarrassed. They're so crushed. Like they don't know what to do next because their whole life, they got family pressure and community pressure to do well. Mm-hmm. And then they don't, you know? So I'm, I'm like, I'm just kind of conflicted with the sports aspect in that way. And like, we're treating our PI, like, you know, people and also other um communities of color is just bodies that can do sports and entertain us in that way but they're intellectual and they have other Mm -hmm. things but they don't they see only that as their only path you know colonization has rewritten this history so that it erases the thousands of years of intellectual innovation that communities of color have made so that they only see the bodies it's almost like another form of some would argue enslavement in a lot of ways. Like you train your body, you use your body to make money for us. Um, and, and you will be a spectacle that we watch and that we applaud for and that we ridicule and criticize as well. So that's a very scary embedded. Yeah, no, this is, this is getting some, those are definitely, um, everything that you said, Alora is, is spot on. Cause I've, I've, um, I've had a lot of, uh, rugby players that have transferred from the sport of football and and I I meet them and they are I could see that they're bummed out because they were told if you ate this way if you work out this certain amount of time if you do this and you do that you're gonna be you know and everyone's telling them since like they're 10 years old right and then after they graduate high school, if they don't get that scholarship, they feel like a failure. And it's like, what? That, that's, that's heartbreaking for sure. And you got coaches, family putting that pressure. You know, if you don't work hard enough, you're not going to get this. But in the, and, it, and it's a shame that, you know, uh, the youth have to go through that. And then, and then you, if that sport was you, that one sport, there's a lot of people that is one sport was your whole life, your whole youth. And then you hit 18 and you graduate high school, you're lost. You're literally lost. And so 
you know, at the college level, when I coach, I, you know, it's giving uh, them that athletic outlet without the expectations of this is just fun. This is that. I mean, that's how I played rugby. I didn't play rugby until I went to college. I was an athlete um, in high school, but I didn't make it to the next level. And rugby was there as a club and just, and the, the time commitment was less, just two practices a week. And we got a game on Saturday. Well, wow, that's easy instead of five days a week and all that stuff. So, but yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking when I've met some players that, you know, they're like, this is what I was told to do. And I did it. And I'm not getting what you told me I was going to get. Um, I know a lot of, you know, some coaches, they like, promise scholarships that you're, you're going to get a scholarship. You're like, I never promise that <laughs> ever. I know unless I can guarantee it, but I just thought you might have a good chance and stuff, but that, that it's, it's a crime, you know? Um, so. I think that requires such a big shift for the whole community and culture too, because, um, you know, I recently went to see Lisa Upereza speak on her book, Gridiron Capital, and her father was a Hall of Fame recognized American football player. And, you know, she has a doctorate and has published a book and she made a, you know, a half hearted joke of like, well, my dad still asked me, why didn't you go into sports? You know, so she could get all of these intellectual accolades and accomplishments and he would still be asking, why didn't you go that carved path for us, which was athletics? Why didn't you use your body instead of your mind? So I think to make this cultural shift for communities of color and Pacific Islanders in specific, it takes the whole community to ask other questions, like yeah. set other expectations, show them that it is possible to do other things. It uh, reminds me of that there's a scene in Jordan Peele's Get Out where they're at the the party and the white girl has a black boyfriend and he's carrying his camera and he's like this really artsy photographer and super smart and intellectual. And they keep asking him like, so you play basketball? Oh no. He's a football. Like, so what do you, Oh my gosh, your biceps are so strong. And like, Oh, your legs are so long. You must be an athlete. And he's like, no, I take pictures. It really takes like a real cultural shift to be able to talk about it and think about it in those different ways to see people of color as a mind, not just the body. And I think that takes a lot of collective. And another thing that really upsets me is when, especially at the high school level uh, in some different sports, that high school coaches, you know, they – they use those bodies for the wins, right? And then I have, you know, um, uh, worked with some students that they were su- superstars on their team's football, right? And then they didn't graduate high school from that high school, you know? And that's like, mm. this person literally made this high school money, you know, people are coming to show, you know, to buying the tickets to go see this game. And then it's like, what'd you do for, for that, for that, that player, 
Mm-hmm. And you just use them up. Mm-hmm. At age seven, 16, 17, 18. It's like, oh, it's it's sickening, you know? Um, it's Yeah, they're not investing in the yes. young people as people with, for the long and it, run. And it you know, comes future. down to the culture of wins and losses. And that's 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 where I mean that goes down to the the ten year old's parent going crazy, you know, like on the sideline yelling at the ref. It's like, what is this? Um, you know, I always winning is like the cherry on top. All the other stuff underneath is more important. You know, team bonding, all that stuff. But like, you, it's 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 that is what is toxic in our society. It's the 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 emphasis of the win is just a little bit too much that on the other side you know if you lose that means you totally fail you know it's like no you have a mind you have all this and all that stuff yeah i don't know this this reminds me of something i was a sore loser when i was young i played on some traveling basketball teams and stuff and every time when we would lose i couldn't handle it i would cry you know, and all of this stuff. And then my dad he ended up actually writing a song about this, but, um, he, he told me like he was, I, I think he got tired of me just like crying and he goes, well, did you try your best? And I said, yes, I did. And he's like, then you have to, lo- you have to learn to live with this if you try your best. And then he told me, and, um, the song that he wrote, is the statement that he said was, <laughs> he goes, there is always somebody better. <laughs> so he, what, what he was trying to tell me was like, sometimes you can work the hardest. You've done everything right, but there's always somebody better in the world. And so that made me think like, Oh, it's okay to lose. Cause there is going to be somebody that's always better than me at this sport, you know? So the course is like, there's always somebody better. There's always somebody wiser. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody. And that's that was his way of parenting, was writing songs as childhood lessons. <laughs> so anyways, they remind me of that. Well, that, that chorus is what I hear in my head every time I look at Allura. So... <laughs> But, you know, I think your point about, like, this culture of wins and losses, I think that's one of the other things that really puts me off to sports is the Mm -hmm. statistics of it all, the numbers of it. And you're just looking at these stats of these people, but I am the type of person who wants to hear the story of your dad (laughs) writing you a song to get through the losses. Like, I much prefer the stories behind the people. Maybe that's my emphasis more on the humanity than the statistics. But I think this numbers culture is very dehumanizing to mm-hmm. me. Um, but it's nice that your dad yeah. wrote you a song. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe this is the origin story of your toxic positivity. <laughs> oh, it um, most definitely is. Yeah. Which is the last point that Allura and I wanted to cover with you today. Allura, what what do we want to figure out about Keely's toxic positivity, this wave of happiness and hope that we are submerged under all the time? Yeah, I just I like why and like how, you know? 
I'm, I'm not everyone gets a dad who writes songs about their son's hardship. Um, so I don't know what that's like, but I would assume it has yeah. a big effect on their philosophy growing up. Yeah. Um, Kaylee, I know you don't think your positivity is toxic. Um, Clearly. But how did it develop uh, your positivity? Why do I have hope? Why do you have it comes hope? From- comes from well number one uh i think uh being born to the parents that i you know had um that that's definitely the the root of it um and uh i would i would argue that uh i know the word toxic is is pretty strong um No, I think it's just right. Yeah. Well, I, I, it has a has a uh, negative connotation to it, but I feel I do understand that uh, some people can be um, positive in uh, not in it. I would say I'm I'm positive in a genuine way, where some people are pretending to be really annoying positive, trying to be positive. And so that's where, um, but where I get that from, to go back to your question, is my parents um, being being positive uh, a lot and then expecting uh, me to be um, like, like my dad, he's basically, you know, that story I just shared about, you know, there's always somebody better. There's, there's a the more positive way to take a loss. You could be frustrated. You could still feel sad. You could still feel all the human feelings. It's just, are you going to yell at people? Are you going to punch somebody when you're angry? Are you going to do this? Like, what are the, uh, what are the ways that you uh, deal with those type of emotions that can lead to negative outcomes? And so that's, that's where... That's where I think I got it from. My mom hugs everybody. My dad hugs everybody. So that's where my hugging comes from. Um, and I know it makes some people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so, but that's, I grew up with it. And so it wasn't until like, I think the first time I like uh, spent the night at a friend's house and I'm like, oh, I thought everybody had parents like mine. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I thought the whole world was like that and then the older i get the more and more i'm reminded oh my gosh i'm so lucky you know so um but so anyways why do i have hope i don't know it's just i look at a glass half full i guess versus half empty right (laughs) i guess oh my god i almost (laughs) barked in my mouth i know it's so nasty (laughs) okay we're gonna be done Here's the ironic twist to the lovely story that you just told, Kaylee, because if you attribute your Mm -hmm. hope and positivity and general overall (laughs) mental health and confidence to parents, (laughs) then from the moment I was conceived, I was fucked. Like, there's no chance for me, because if it depends on the parents, forget it. I'm just just answering (laughs) the question, where did it come from? (laughs) That's where I think it came from. And then, that you know, it could be with people that hopefully people get surrounded by people that might be, you know, able to look at life a certain way. I don't know. The more you surround yourself with people, 
with that type of thinking. I don't know. Yes. I have a follow-up question. Um, how many songs did your dad write for you in uh, your childhood struggles? I remember oh, two. So the one was There Was Always Somebody Better. And then the other one was... The no, other one about masturbation? Definitely not. The other one was... It was uh, the chorus was "It's okay to be yourself." So, <laughs> oh God, we're living oh, in like a Disney God. movie. <laughs> I know. Did the animals, squirrels, sing to you rabbits, too, and Haley? all? Yes. So, oh. <laughs> well, this has been upsetting. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> oh. We're lost uh, causes, Alora. No, you're not yeah. lost causes. You do you two do so much for the community and it's awesome to to work with you two. I feel lucky to be with you two working and all that stuff. So you're not lost causes. All right, I, Allura, th- I think I, I made you guys uncomfortable with this, the podcast. Okay. Did I just well, make you guys Yeah, feel very much. So, um, yes. I Mission love you both. <laughs> yes, I guess we can. Um, Ew. Disgusting. Well, that's all we have for you today. Um, I, I hope, hope. <laughs> this this will be your... Anyway, um, I don't have any, but I just hope you guys do. Um, please follow us on our Instagram at TMMU Podcast. Join our uncomfortable community. Do all the things, and until next time, make good choices. Bye, love ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs>